0: This is Abe Hefter, host of You Heart to Hartford, a show that takes you inside the University of Hartford, and the stories that are being told by the many talented people who are the University of Hartford, faculty, staff, students, and alumni, the experience and experiences they're sharing on our West Hartford campus and beyond. Joining us today is Christiana Lang, Class of 2012. In the last seven years, Christiana has worked in six different countries on human rights, public health, peace building, equality, and research-driven social change. She graduated from the College of Arts and Sciences in 2012 with a double major in politics, government, and sociology. Christiana, thanks for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Abe.
0: Christiana, what is it that brought you to the University of Hartford as a transfer student, having spent your entire life in Southern California? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, the short answer is sports. The okay. short answer is is soccer. Um, but I do think there's a bit of destiny to all decisions. So yeah, I ended up at UHart due to a soccer scholarship and kind of found it through a coach that I had back in California.
0: And when you look at your time at the University of Hartford, what do you remember most about it?
1: Gosh, a lot of things. I'm sad to say I was only at UHart for two years, you know, as a transfer student, I didn't get the full for your experience. But within the two years that I was there, a lot of the time spent was between classes and the sports center. So that's the back and forth walking uh, was definitely where I tended to spend most time. Um, But I I really remember a lot about uh, the friends that I made in classes, my teammates, of course, um, and just the interactions with staff and professors was something that definitely stays with me to this day.
0: You graduated with a double major in politics and government and sociology. And mm-hmm. judging from your career path, would I be correct in saying uh, that you knew exactly where your career was going to take you?
1: Oh my gosh, incorrect. No, okay. I did yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I, I had always been interested in politics and definitely interested most of all in people. And actually, Abe, I was one of the reasons where I was confused on if I would come to you hard or not was because I initially wanted to study anthropology. And at Mm. the time, there was not an anthropology department. So um, I kind of dove into politics and government a little bit on a whim. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: But it's really interesting that now my work kind of merges those two things very heavily together. So I didn't know. But, you know, again, back to the destiny portion, I think there was some magic at play.
0: So there is an expression when we look at your professional career now, uh, there's an expression, it takes a village. And I suppose you could say you've lived that firsthand, and you did live mm-hmm. that firsthand when you joined the Peace Corps early in your career. Uh, you served there uh, for almost three years in Thailand. What was the nature of your work? What kind of impact did that experience have on you and your career?
1: Yeah, you know, Peace Corps was something I knew that I always wanted to do. I found out about it when I was 13, and I knew that when I graduated, that is something that I was going to do. And So it really, to me, felt like fulfilling um, a dream. And the expression that you mentioned, Abe, it takes a village was um, spot on because I did live in a village for for those two and a half years and the nature of the work was all over the place, but the technical role was youth and community development. And so anything that you could possibly imagine that to entail, it did. It was teaching English, it was camps on health, uh, it was working to bridge government and um, education systems together in in small local villages. Um, But most of all, the Peace Corps does such a great job at bridging cultural divides, sharing about the United States and then sharing uh, with friends back home about Thailand and um, kind of that level of diplomacy, just a person to person, regardless of country. I think that's where the Peace Corps really shines.
0: I guess you would have been a recent grad at that point. Um, What were the challenges that you you found doing that kind of work?
1: hmm Well, so Peace Corps, there's often, there's a lot of time that's spent alone or away from anyone that speaks a similar language to you. Um, and so there's a lot of time to think, to process, uh, of course, to work on the things that you're there to work on. But there there is a sense of learning how to be independent in a different way. And so, of course, the formative experience that college gives to a lot of young people I was able to kind of take those learnings into the Peace Corps and learning how to move from being um, a young person more into an adult, especially, you know, being in situations where I, I was the only one that could determine um, an outcome. There wasn't a lot of support in that way. So that, yeah, that, that definitely stuck out as something that was cultivated um, during college years.
0: You've called six countries home uh, over the last seven years. Can you explain how? you know, I would imagine Mm -hmm. all would hold a special place in your heart.
1: Yeah, I love this question. And I find that with people who spend time in a lot of different places, whether that's countries or different cities, the question of home is really fascinating. I, I do attach my home to California. That's where I was born and raised. And that's, you know, where my pride comes in, of course. But home, when I think about it in terms of all the other places that I've lived, comes down to the relationships that I've made there. So that's, of course, people that I, I met and lived with in Thailand or host families that I've had in Sweden or friendships that I've made in India. The connection to people and the memories made with them, there's something mm. absolutely beautiful about that. So I think that you know when you spend time in different places, as, as much as you can make connections, that's really where that sense of connection and home um, is, is bred.
0: Are you able to get back to those places at all?
1: Not now, <laughs> not at now. the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you not been at- able to?
1: <laughs> yeah, so not at the moment, um but I actually haven't been have not been back to Thailand since since peace corps service. I haven't been back to India, um Sweden I I just came from, so um don't need to go back there right. for for a bit. So no, actually I haven't really been back to um say hi to loved ones there, but it's it's hard right now because I would like to. um, But I think I'll have to wait a little bit more time. That said, I I think technology has been phenomenal. I still talk to my host family in Thailand and get to practice my language skills. Um, And so yeah, the connections, whether I'm there visiting or talking through WhatsApp, um, that's still there.
0: So we look at uh, you know the, the challenges associated with travel and actually we look at COVID-19 which at the time of this recording is is still upon us how has that how has the coronavirus impacted on the work that you do
1: Yeah um so the current work that I'm doing is with a nonprofit called More in Common and we really get into understanding democracy and social cohesion and and seeing what the forces of polarization are and then trying to address them through research and through changes from that research and so of course with covid19 that subject matter is very relevant and very tough practically it doesn't change too much i work from home Uh, i have that privilege and and that's great Um, and so i actually have never met my colleagues in person i was brought on right um, at the beginning of COVID. And so that's been interesting to kind of navigate, but you know, it's not dissimilar too much to a remote role anyway, COVID or no COVID. So, but yeah, the subject matter, um, that we're working on with, with COVID-19 and the pandemic and just the ways that this public health crisis has been, um, looked at differently, depending on political ideology, that's been really interesting, devastating, but necessary. Mm
0: -hmm. Again, when you look at those six countries over the last seven years, um, have, those moves been as a result of a job done, moving on to the next job?
1: Yeah, definitely. They've, they've been different for different reasons. Um, some have been more school, some have been fellowships, some have been work. I, I have not moved to a different country just to move to the uh, different country right. for a change of scenery. So yeah, they, they have all been career and work based. Um, but definitely, you know, after living um, in the last place I was in, which was Sweden, Uh, My spouse and I decided to move back to the US really because the work that we're both doing um, relates so heavily to stuff going on here. And so the choice to move back to the United States and and not continue working within the international context for me was really important at this point in time in our country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I I plan to stay here for for a bit.
0: As a Rotary Peace Fellow, uh, you contributed to work between Mediators Beyond Borders International Geneva Center for Security Policy and the United Nations Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights. Uh, Today, you conduct political peace building and democracy strengthening through partnerships, research and programming. Now, this is a question that would need many podcasts to answer. But (laughs) when you look at the world today, and where you want the world to be tomorrow, Mm -hmm. what steps do we need to take as a society to get there?
1: Hmm. Answering that question while living in the United States a, a, in 2020 is tough. Um, I think I, I could give an answer for people living within the U.S. and then also a separate answer for people living outside of the U.S. Um, it's hard to look past blinders. I find when I'm when I'm here working on things here, um, but generally, Abe, your question's enormous because. I think attributing attributing it down to one thing would be for people to understand, to listen and to hear each other. Um, At our core, humans, I really do believe are good and want good things. People want to be loved, safe and healthy. They want good things for their family. Um, freedoms and choices. And so that's something I've seen that's common in all the places I've been able to to go or to visit or to live uh, all the interactions that I've had, and problems occur when when power comes into play. Um, and power takes many shapes and forms, of course. But in that way, I think when people get scared, or um, there's a lot of fear that comes up, there's definitely a tendency to you know, dig and place your head in sand or, or dig into your um, own beliefs and not have room for anyone else's open mind, op- um, open mindedness. And so um, one thing that I think it, it challenged me so much recently was to think about um, when's the last time I've changed my mind about something if if this is um, an ideal that I keep saying is very important for us to make change. Um, and that's tough because I am very, very progressive as a person. Um, especially within the United States context. And I find that if I only attach to that ideal, whereas it may be true, I cannot hear family members that I have who are very conservative. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's actually been a lesson to me to kind of implement the things that I know from research and the things that I advocate for with my job um, currently. And I, I know that that applies to the whole world too.
0: How does one, you know, how does one person go about making a difference?
1: every i believe that every action or every word or conversation we have reverberates there are consequences to every choice we make good and bad and so especially now when there's a lot of hurt going on um, and a lot of difficulty going on in the world for all all types of reasons every interaction that we have with another person matters and and takes shape and affects their day and then another person's day and so it is cliche but it we need to start small with our interactions on how to make our home better, our city better, our communities and, and our countries better. Um, any sort of investment in you know, smiling at someone or learning a bit about something, reading, um, passing on good things, that's of course gonna impact uh, this, the direction that our world takes.
0: Christiana, had the opportunity to return to campus last year to speak at commencement Mm -hmm. in uh, 2019. What was that like?
1: It was amazing. It was an incredible honor to be asked, first of all, and daunting, and daunting, of course. Um, But it was great. I I have such um, enormous respect for the graduating classes at this moment. Young adults are not graduating into um, a strong economy at the moment, Um, and you know, especially now with with virtual graduations happening. I was lucky enough to be able to attend an in person one, which just seems very strange at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be asked to speak was great. I I wanted to be able to share some wisdom, and I'm not sure that that's what I did, but I did share um, what was true for me in my life and what I found to be helpful throughout. You know, graduating to where I am now. Um, And so the message that I chose to kind of share with the graduating class was to use all the struggles and the setbacks um, to move forward with in in resilience and understand that there's gonna be struggles which clearly there are now, um, but oftentimes the struggles do make us stronger. And so then once we succeed, the next step is to create a new goal and try to succeed once more. So that's kind of where my message centered around for commencement.
0: Commencement 2019, Christiana, you had a chance to talk to uh, graduates uh, as they moved on in their careers. Tell us now how you started your career. What was your what was your first job? How did you get that job?
1: Yeah, I've been working since I was 15. Um, I guess you know, and so my first three years of work, I was a server. Um, I worked in a senior citizen home, and then for a couple restaurant chains. I worked through college at. The Lululemon in West Hartford, so shout out to all the Lululemon people still uh-huh. there. Um, and so that was kind of my first job. Right as I graduated, I continued to do that, and then I went to yoga teacher training and taught yoga for a bit. Then I joined the Peace Corps, and so after after coming back from the Peace Corps, I started work at United Way, which was a nonprofit doing uh, more work on youth and community development, but within the U.S. Um, and so, yep, yeah, that was my first job back. And then I tiptoed a bit into government work, uh, working at Health and Human Services on, on women's health, specifically violence prevention. So there's been some hopping uh, mm. and I, I love this though. I think this is very common of the stigma millennials have. But in my case, um, I've actually really appreciated jumping around to different sectors. So I would encourage um, that going forward to, to graduates, just tipping, tipping toes into things and seeing what works best. Um, and what people like
0: most. you mentioned destiny a couple of times in our conversation. Where does destiny take you next?
1: <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? Yeah, I really heavily believe in, in planning and in goal setting and writing things down and sharing that. Um, but I also know that that hinders sometimes that magic or destiny that I've talked about. So I'm not exactly sure where it will land um, in my life. I'm very grateful for where I am at the moment Um, and so feeling ready to kind of take a breath back living in the US and continue the work that I'm doing here. It's really important to my heart um, and to what I hope happens with our country. Um, And I think, yeah, next steps, Abe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I'll just really try to continue to stay strong um, to this core of work that I've been trying to create, which is just to make a, a little bit of a better difference.
0: Christiana Lang, class of 2012, an Alumni Association Anchor Award winner for her distinguished international career as a peace builder, women's rights advocate, and activist, joining us today on U Heart to Hartford from her home just outside of Washington, D.C. Christiana, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you, Abe.
0: Production assistance for uhart to Hartford is provided by University of Hartford undergraduate students Drew Simono and Josh Frommelis. I'm Abe Hefter.